Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Happy New Year, everyone. Um, I think we're going to talk today a little bit about what we thought about 2023, how we ended up finishing up with our goals, a few superlatives, and some things that we're looking forward to for next year in terms of what we want to read and how we want to read it. So, Gail, how did you finish off 2023? Did you read any? Did you get some books in? Did you, How are you with your goals? Yeah. So this was like probably my worst year of reading <laughs> in recent memory, just in terms of numbers, which I know doesn't matter. I read this blog post yesterday that was like, that was like, no one cares how much you read. Reading a lot of books does not make you a better person. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> I was like, that's so liberating to like not have to even really think about it. Yeah, you know, I I think I've mentioned that I lost my job around this time last year. And I kind of thought like, oh, I'll have all this time to read. And, instead, <laughs> and you did not. No, instead, like, you know, looking for a job is like full-time job plus because you just constantly feel like you should be looking for a job. So I just didn't really do a lot of reading. And then I picked up some consulting clients, which have been taking a ton of time. So like I went from like no job to like full-time plus really quickly. And I just feel like I never sort of got my reading mojo going other than like spring break when I was at the beach. So mm-hmm. that's my reason. I mean, I, I read a lot of good books, so I'm not, you know, complaining about the quality of the books. It's more just like, I just didn't have the headspace to focus as much as I wanted. So I ended up at like 56, I think I'd wanted to get to 70. It was clearly not going to happen. So, <laughs> yeah. So it was fine. Have tell me about yours. I don't know. I think I ended up reading one more book and it was fourth wing by Rebecca Yaros. That book has been all over the place. I think because the second book, Iron Flame, came out. It's like this fantasy novel about this young woman who is kind of forced by her mother to go to this war college to be a dragon rider. Like the survival rate of the school is like minimal. It was pretty long, but it was just one of those books that I just got sucked into and ended up reading. Like I like I had a couple of books that I wanted to read that I thought were gonna be like my best books of the year, but they were just so heavy in terms of subject matter that I didn't get back to them. And I don't know. So I've read this year in the seven days, like yesterday and I don't know, maybe a day since the new year started, I invested a lot of time. So I read Iron Flame. So I totally agree with that blog post. I had kind of been coming to that. I mean, we set goals just to kind of set them. And I don't even know if I'm going to, I haven't set a Goodreads goal as yet so far, just because like there's so much stuff going on. And I don't even want the reminder of what I've been reading. Like a lot of times, like this year, I've just kind of been, no matter what, if it, if I'm in the middle of something or not, if something else catches my interest, I've just given myself the permission to just go on and read it and just really go for the moment. So smart. I feel like this year I got really mired in a couple books that just were like, for whatever reason, not grabbing me. And rather than do what you just described, I would try to stick it out. And then like weeks would go by and I hadn't finished anything. Right. But that's super smart. That fourth wing book, my God, that's everywhere. 
It is so everywhere. <laughs> Did you get the version with the special, the special page, like the deckel edge page or something? There's like some version that everyone wants to have. No, I'm a little bit, a little bit of a purist with books. Like I want the original version that it came out with. Like I really don't like the movie edition cover or whatever. If I can find like whatever the cover it is before it became something, before they slap like, oh, this is on Oprah's or Reese's book club on it or whatever. And I think so many books now, like the way it works is they're getting chosen before they're even published. So it's kind of hard to find it without that. But I, both books that I got were just like the regular, it was not the special edition with the the black edges and and all of that. Well, I was going to say, so, okay. So I decided like at the end that my, my word of the year for 2024 was going to be intention. And it was going to be that I was going to spend my time always intentionally. So that meant like no mindless TikTok scrolling and (laughs) no watching TV shows I don't care about. And, you know, like making sure that the, that the minutes I'm spending are done with intention as opposed to like passivity. So that doesn't mean like, I'm not going to do a jigsaw puzzle and I'm not going to watch shows, whatever. I just want to do it because I've chosen to do it rather than because it's on or it's a default. And we're like January 7th. And now I'm like, <laughs> how has that been going for you? Well, in all honesty, I'm home with COVID as you can probably hear from my voice, but I have no less than six books sitting on my bed. Like each of them like started like three pages. I like I, it's, it's not working very well. Like I'm, I keep flailing around and I think part of it is just having COVID and being tired and not able to focus. But like, I'm doing exactly what I did last year that I said I wasn't going to do again, which is not investing in something that's working. Like nothing's working. And so I'm just sort of floating along and like binging TV instead. So I think- But that seems to be the perfect thing for when it's not working. I mean, I think I, I did the year, one year where my word was intentional. And it is, it's such a good word and you do get a lot of stuff done and you do really pay attention, but sometimes you just have to be intentionally floating around, (laughs) intentionally having COVID where you can't concentrate. (laughs) And it's just like, that's just kind of what it is. Right. And so rather than like beating yourself up about it, productive and feeling guilty, I should just give in to whatever I'm binging and then be like, I'll read, you know, next week. So that, that's good advice. Yeah. And just yeah. check in with yourself. Like sometimes I'm watching stuff and it's just like, you know, I really don't care about this. Like I'm doing other things while I'm watching it or whatever and stuff like that. I might try to pay attention to, but I don't know. Sometimes we're just out there. <laughs> yeah. I, and I do really do think that they're not only COVID, you know, January, it's, it's really interesting when like you look at the astrology and the human design of January is that everyone has like these big goals that they want to accomplish and you think you want to start stuff. But when you look at where the planets are and you look at where things are for January, it's much more about introspection and reflection and just kind of like floating on to figure out what it is that you want to do. It's like January is the time that we should be reflecting on what the year was before and kind of like figuring things out. And like in our culture, we just have this, oh, January is you January 1st. You have to hit the ground running. You have to like go to the gym. You have to do all the things that you want to do, like start as you mean to go on. And it's really not the energy for that. It's like more of a just kind of tension and a retrospection and just like thinking about things, like thinking about your growth for next year. So 
Mm. You're just, we're kind of really not supported for anything until like the last week of January is like when you kick off into like possibility and imagination and taking those steps towards your goals. That's so interesting because it goes against all of the like media at the beginning of the year, which is all about resolutions and here's what you're going to read and attack the year. And that's, it sounds like what you're saying is that's really off from where our body is. Yep, it is. And when you think about it is we've spent December, like December has a lot of, um, it's Sagittarius. So it's like, you know, which is both of our sun signs. So it's like aspiration and, you know, study and reaching for things. And then Capricorn comes in and it's kind of like a lot about ambition. So I don't know, there's like a lot of weird ambitious energy around Christmas and everyone's like finishing things or whatever. But when you think about January, everyone is like really exhausted. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we've done all the things, we've bought the presents, you know, like you've spent time with your family for good or bad, how that turns out. Like we've just been through a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when you, and you know, here in the United States, like especially if you're in the Northern Hemisphere or the Northern part of the United States, it's cold, you know? So like we've done all the things, we've spent all the money. It's really time to just like sit down. Totally. And then like, I don't know, there's, I think like there's been all these like reading challenge updates and I'm guilty. I just posted one myself, but like, um, <laughs> the books you have to read in 24. And like, I'm just sort of like, oh, I'm, maybe it's also COVID, but I'm just, I'm tired. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not ready to face this yet. Like, I haven't read any of those articles. Like, <laughs> <laughs> smart. I, I just haven't. I've, I bookmark them all so that I'm ready to research when we have our winter book preview, which we'll do next. But I'm kind of glad to have two weeks to gear up for that because I'm like, I'm not, re- I'm not there yet. Right. Well, by the time that we record the show, it'll be like the 21st, which is just much better timing in terms of having your life together a little bit more, having done a little reflection and having a little bit clarity of how you want to go forward. Like we're all in the review time right now. So if you are off and running, that's okay. You know, but if you need a little bit more time, that's okay too. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. I feel better now. (laughs) Yeah. I'm giving everyone permission. (laughs) To be a slacker until like January 21st or 23rd. One thing I can recommend though, is the show I'm binging, which is excellent. Oh, which is, what is that? Okay. It's an old show. It's um, from 2011 and it is called Enlightened and it is the Mike White show. So he's the guy who did White Lotus. He did White Lotus and it stars Laura Dern about this woman in LA who's kind of like, like having crises in multiple parts of her life and just sort of how she's dealing. And she's really good. And Mike White is excellent. And it's well-written and it's an amazing cast. And it's on HBO Max. And it's like- What's it, 11? Enlightened. 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 So like, I know there's lots of great new shows out there, but if you want a show that, I don't know, it's just perfect for what I need right now. And I'm really enjoying it. I love a good half hour show sometimes. Yeah. Is it drama or is it comedy? It's sort of like in between. Yeah, it's in between. I actually looked it up and I think she was nominated for an Emmy in the comedy category, but it's mm-hmm. way too meaningful and poignant to be just a comedy. Like I would put it mm. like, try to think of what I'd compare it to. Kind of like White Lotus. Did you watch White Lotus? Mm-hmm. It's sort of that same. I mean, there's part of it is funny. See, I would think White Lotus is kind of like a drama, though. Yeah, I mean... You know, I don't love comedy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not like a laugh track comedy. Right. There are definitely comedic moments, but I would not call it a comedy. It's like a woman in crisis. And, and, 
she's sort of trying to reach enlightenment. I mean, that's the name of the show is because she's grasping for finding meaning in life. She's like, has have troubles at work and she's got this tumultuous relationship with her mother and her ex-husband. And there's a lot of things that have really gone wrong for her. And she's kind of trying to like, like grasp for ways to make her life more meaningful. And, um, I don't know. Laura Dern is so appealing, I think, in a lot of ways, because she's very relatable. And I think the, I don't know. I just, I just, I just recommend it for, I think for people who read the books we like to read, it's a kind of a a natural fit for that. Mm -hmm. Did you watch Leave the World Behind? Are you going to watch it? I haven't. Did you? I haven't either. Um, Uh, Yeah, I would like to. But it looked kind of like I think I mentioned to you on a, in a text that like they define the big bad, define, yeah. And there's like guns and I, I don't know. It seems <laughs> a lot more um, violent and menacing. The book it felt more subtle. Than yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that that would have been such a different movie if they had gone by the book. And it seems like they went to an extreme. I can see how you would want to identify some of the things, but a lot of that book was so interior. Um, I think yeah. I was kind of surprised that you would want to make that anyway. Right. Because there's just so, there's so much about it that was just kind of like about what do we think is going on and who do we trust? And when you're cut off from the world and you're tempted to fall back, I think on your suspicions and prejudice and where do you go? Right. As opposed to there being like, I don't know, like so much of that was just because you just don't know what's happening, right? Right. Or if anything is happening at all, you know? <laughs> right, right. That's the thing is it was, it was like this weird, it was kind of more of a, like an unstated feeling they had for a long time as opposed to an actual acknowledged. Like something bad has gone yeah. down. Right. Well, let's both watch it maybe and then we can come back and discuss it and see the book. Yeah. Now that we're all in that we're we've admitted that we're in this nebulous place. Like I really didn't even like I said I didn't bother to try to finish anything. I have not set a goal. I don't know. I have not been as connected to Goodreads lately. I have to say, like in terms of usually being really faithful about logging in and keeping track of what I'm reading. Like I really care less because I feel like the things that are really memorable, I kind of reach back and say, "Oh, that's a good book." Sometimes it is good to have something to jog your memory, but. I think I'm relying more just on my actual physical bookshelf for that and what I'm choosing to invest in. Like I might set just like a 12 book goal just so if I do sign in and want to log something, it's going to track it for me and say, okay, you've read these many books and this is what they are. But it's definitely less of a priority this year. And I'm just kind of like, whatever. Yeah. I think I set a goal. I think I did 60 again. Mm -hmm. So you took it down from 70? Yeah, I think I'm realizing 70 is like a... 70 is aggressive when you have stuff going on. Yeah, I've never hit it. I mean, some some years I get closer than others, but I've never hit it. So 60 it is. Let's see. I'm already I didn't do anywhere near schedule. that. <laughs> I'm already a book behind. Great. Um, I can tell you what I'm reading though. So I'm do- I have an audio book going, which I like. It's called The Berry Pickers by Amanda Peters. Okay, and, that kind of has been all over the place as well. Yeah, and it's um it's about um a uh I'm going to mispronounce the name of it, so I'm not even going to try. It's a Native American. It's not even Native American because she's Canadian, but 
a native girl who goes missing when she's blueberry picking with her family in Maine. So it's a group of people who come to Maine every year as migrant workers and they do all the blueberry picking and then they go back home to Nova Scotia. And she's like four years old and she goes missing while the family is all picking blueberries. And so it's a dual timeline told um, from the perspective of her older brother who reflects back on the summer when his sister disappeared. And then a timeline of a girl who was adopted, it's clearly the same girl, although it hasn't been confirmed yet, but same girl, who was adopted by a family and never felt like she fit in. So you go back and forth between the two. It's very sad that, you know, this this lost child and how she she always felt that she had been, was missing her family. So I'm like maybe a third of the way through that. And I'm liking that a lot. I'm doing that on audio. And then a print book that I'm reading, and I'm just mired in this one, is Absolution by Anne McDermott. So this is the um, her new book and takes place in Vietnam in the 60s and about a woman who's living in Vietnam with her husband, American, and she's befriends another woman. And it's kind of about this sort of complicated friendship that develops there. And she's reflecting on back on this friendship later in her life. That's the one that I'm like, is kind of, I was reading it and it was kind of humming along and then I sort of hit a snag. So I've put it on a bit of a pause while I try to figure out if there's something else that'll kind of catch my eye more right now. But those are the two I'm reading and listening to now. How about you? Well, I just finished the second um, fourth wing book, Iron Flame yesterday. So I have not picked where I next want to go. There was an audio that I had started that was a fantasy one. And since I'm sort of in that mindset, I might start listening to that again. But I'm kind of unsure. Like I have a lot of books that I, you know, kind of like you said, books that you enjoy, but just is not the right moment for them. Mm -hmm. And books that I just know that I'm going to love them once I finish with them, but just like one is the unsettled by Ayana Mathis. It's nothing but good, but just don't want to go back to it right now because it is a little bit heavy. And then also James McBride's latest one, which I think is fabulous, which I'd started reading is the, so the heaven and earth grocery store or something like that. But I'm just not ready for those right now. Like, I think I want something a little lighter. Yeah. Just like a little lighter, a little bit more compulsive of a read, a little less thought into it. Like I'm not ready to be super focused and deep right now. So I'm honoring that. So I'll find something else that is kind of propulsive and can't put it down. And, you know, like the fourth wing books, I can't say, you know, there's a lot of them that is, is, you know, some of it, it's kind of like what's going on in this school as they're training and not sure what they're going to be facing in the world around them, but half of it is romance. So a lot of the language is that, you know, the smoldering looks and <laughs> and the will they, won't they kind of thing. Right. So nothing deep there, but just keeps the pages turning. Yeah. Last night I was cooking dinner and I um, was like, I was like, I'm not sure I can handle the berry pickers right now. So then I, I fired up the Britney Spears memoir <laughs> instead. <laughs> See, <laughs> that'll know. move. That'll move you along. Yeah, that'll move you along. Um, and here's my commentary on that. So you know how it's narrated by Michelle Williams instead of Britney Spears. Uh huh. In the very beginning, Britney does a little, a little uh, <laughs> prologue, and she says something like, you know, like writing this memoir brought up a lot of really difficult things for me, and you know, as a result, I- I'm not going to narrate the novel. I'm uh, narrate the memoir, and you know, I'm leaving that to the very amazingly talented Michelle Williams. But Britney Spears is delivery of just that tiny little section was so bad that I was oh. like, 
I bet they told her you're not allowed to do it. Right. Just book. like, yeah, no, we, we need you to sit down. <laughs> right. It was, it was awful. And having Michelle Williams do it was like such a good call. So. Oh my God. Now I want to, I want to listen to her introduction. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> just to see. Just, see like, how can you be bad? How can you be bad at just one paragraph of saying I went through a lot, so I'm not going to narrate this book? Oh my God. I just was like, oh, she's awful at this. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know whether it was the accent or the, she's got this babyish voice, like, which of course is, you know, consistent with kind of the whole, like the whole story of Brittany, right? This kind of like infant Woman, child. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh my God, I, I cannot listen to this for eight hours. Like there's no way. <laughs> And then thankfully, like, it, you know, that's, it's very short. Thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'll see whether, what I may end up doing is like juggling around so that like I do the berry pickers is like my blow dry book or I do absolution as my blow dry book and berry pickers in print and then slide in the woman in me as my audio. Like I just something. I always think that's such a good idea to do the berry pickers as your blow dry book. You know, you're getting it in little increments. Yeah. I guess my hesitation is that's going to be in the morning though. Is that setting the tone for your day? Like this, like really depressing. No, that doesn't usually make me do like that. Won't it, what that won't affect you? It'll, no, it'll, it'll make me, it'll be affect me in a good way. Cause I'll feel like, Oh, I'm engrossed in this great book. And that'll like, yeah, like <laughs> that will make me happy as opposed oh, okay. to just the fact that it's about like something really sad. As opposed to the woman in me. <laughs> right. First thing in the morning. <laughs> right. Okay. So you mentioned your reading challenge. Did you stick with pretty much the same categories that you have over the past years? No, I have new categories. Ooh. Some of them are old and some of them are new. So I really tried to mix it up because I didn't, I don't want it to get stale. So I have two books from the bookshelf and I love that category because I just feel like it's so nice to, to be told you have to read something you own that you maybe have been putting off. So like, I just, I like that. So Two books, and last year it was three, so this year it's two. Two books from your um, shelves, and then I have two recommendations from friends, whereas last year it was three. So books from your shelves and recommendation, recommendations from friends are books one through four, are one through four. And then I have a mixture of ones that are like category specific or like title specific. So the next one is book with a one word title. So you're doing that with Absolution. Yep, Absolution will do that. Big book from 2023 that you missed. <laughs> so you've done that with um, Fourth Wing. Oh, that yeah. Was, that was certainly a big book. Maybe one of the biggest from 2023. <laughs> book number seven is a debut. I always have that one. Book number eight, book you discovered in an indie bookstore. Because as we know, I'm pushing the indie bookstore this year. Get into those indie bookstores. Yep. Book number nine is a book with a number in a title. And you got that with Fourth Wing. Um <laughs> Book number 10. Is Fourth Wing is everything. <laughs> right, everything. Book number 10 is a sophomore novel. Book number 11 is a book with a beautiful cover. And then book number 12 is nonfiction, but I've spe specified that it needs to be from 2024. So it should be something current that comes out this year. So those are the categories. I don't think any of those is particularly hard. I've gotten rid of all the ones that gave me grief in the past, like a book from the year you were born or an award winner. Like those are <laughs> so hopefully these are super flexible and ones that you're likely to come across. So I would say I'm trying to like gently expand book horizons as opposed to like aggressively do that. 
So the goal of this challenge is to sort of gently expand your reading horizons, not like aggressively do it. So I've gotten rid of the categories that gave me grief in the past, like award winners or book from the year you're born. These are just supposed to be like easy and like gentle. (laughs) And so if you want to join, two things you can do, uh, go to my blog, everydayiwritethebookblog.com. I have a post that I just posted in January which has the reading challenge. So you can go to it there and then join the Facebook group. So I've got a link to the Facebook group and people post their progress there. And I check in every now and again. And I also have a Google doc where you can add your name and Nicole, your name's on there. You can add your name and add the books as you're doing it. Yep. I got my big book of 2023. <laughs> got that. Copy. So exciting. <laughs> At least I'll be able to play around with it just in case I want to use it as my book with a, what is your book with a number in it or something? Yeah. Book with a number in the title. All right. So what else do we have? So we're both kind of taking it easy. You're going to stick with your 60 goal. I have not set a goal yet, but if I do, it's going to be 12 (laughs) just to kind of lightly track. Um, So is there anything else that we need to say about the books of 2023? I don't know. I mean, I had a couple of superlatives I was going to share. Just a couple. And I think you have some as well. I have a couple. Okay. I was going to say there were a couple of genres that kind of surprised me, surprised me how much I enjoyed them. So the books that I read in those categories, I would say these are books that surprised me in 2023. So the first was The Light Pirate by Lily Brooks Dalton, one of my top books. And um, that's climate fiction dystopian, which probably is not like a category I would usually be drawn to. And I really, really liked that book. It left a huge impact on me. And I really enjoyed while I was reading it, even though it's just horribly alarming and depressing, but it was just a really well-written book. And I think I would look at more climate fiction in the future. So I was surprised by how much I liked that. And then one of the thrillers I read, probably maybe the only thriller that I read last year was All That Is Mine I Carry With Me. It's kind of a mystery, murder, psychological thriller book. And I just, I really, really, really enjoyed that one. So it's a good reminder to me that, you know, those are categories I tend to shy away from, but that I do really end up enjoying them sometimes. Mm -hmm. When you can find some gems. Exactly. How about you? Give me a superlative for you. Okay, so the weirdest book I read was Natural Beauty by Ling Ling Wang. And it is about this young woman who starts off her life like her parents are really poor, they're immigrants, but she is just an amazing pianist and she has the opportunity to go to this school. But like uh, an accident befalls her parents and basically in order to support them, she gives up her career as a pianist. And she starts working at this store that is just like where you get all of these beauty products or whatever, but they are just like made to basically start reshaping your facial features and like your complexion, all this stuff. So she gets very caught up into that world. And um, like the owner of the store is like this eccentric billionaire and she becomes involved with his niece. But it was just such a strange, strange book. Like (laughs) it, I don't know. I have issues with books, I think, that start off kind of reasonable or just like rooted in this world. Um, You know, they're playing with like science and scientific things and like animals and snails and just different products that they're developing are kind of 
um, based on some kind of advanced science, but man, did it kind of get like weird in the middle. (laughs) So I know they're like common, they're doing some commentary on the beauty industry and how far will we go to stay young or to look a certain way, but it got, it got pretty strange. Um, the book I wasn't sure that I was going to enjoy, which I ended up enjoying was the followers by Brady Godfrey. And it is about this woman who is a social media influencer. She's kind of at a crossroads in her life and she decides she's like rethinking what she's going to be doing as an influencer, especially since she's just gotten married and her husband um, is very protective of his presence. Like he doesn't have a social media presence. He doesn't want his daughter on there. But one day she kind of like posts a little story, you know, stories expire in 24 hours. She thinks that it's going to be okay. But the story that she posts alerts several people in her husband and his little girl's past into like their location and where they are. And it takes off from there. And it is a little bit of a thriller, but I really enjoyed it. Like, I didn't know if I would, you know, like the whole follower thing. Um, Sometimes I think people write books and the influencer aspect is a little off. You know, I can't say that this is like super detailed or anything, but I think just overall it worked with the story and the questions she had about, you know, how much social media was going to be an influence in her life and kind of like, you know, sometimes what are the consequences um, if people don't want to be on there and you're posting them anyway. So that was kind of interesting. I would think the scariest premise of a book that I read was Nightcrawling by Leela Motley. You know, that one is about the young teenage woman in Oakland who goes out and kind of falls into the world of nightcrawling or prostitution and just becomes involved with several institutions that are just really big and for her life and end up having these like really devastating consequences. And it was just so well-written, well-told or whatever, but just like to contemplate that happening or that being a real scenario that people are going through. It's just kind of terrifying. I so I think that's like my roundup. That. <laughs> that's, that may be one of my, maybe that'll be my big book that I missed of 2023. Was that 23 or was that 22? I think it came out in 22. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Okay. Book from my bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Book from your bookshelf. I'll See, you can be so flexible. Yeah. <laughs> you can exactly. get it in there. Exactly. Anyway, okay. Gail, I have to say I'm loving this low-key version of us. Yes, I am too. It's very nice. It's very easy. <laughs> this is in- intentional and easy. Yeah, let's brace intention and ease. Yeah, I like that. Okay, I was going to say disappointing books for me for last year. Mm. I found there were like three really popular tentpole books from last year. And I did not like any of the, I, like any of the three of them. Oh, which ones are these? Okay, so it's Hello Beautiful. And oh, yeah, that's right. Pineapple Street and um, Tom Lake. Like those three books are on so many best books lists from last year. And at the time that I read them, at the time they came out, people were all over them. And I just, they just did not do it for me. I like found <laughs> each of them. I think we talked about this. I found Hello Beautiful like totally repetitive and overridden and like way too much tell instead of show. And I thought pineapple Lake was, I mean, pineapple Lake, pineapple street was just uh kind of like boring and completely unmemorable. And I thought Tom Lake was boring. So like, I just, I don't know, I don't know what it was me or like what was going on, but like those three books, I've had so many people be like, you know, put them on their 
especially Hella Beautiful and Tom Lake, put them on their top books of the year and just they just didn't work for me. So those I were think the most Pineapple ones. Street, I will agree with you. I was kind of like, eh, when I read it. I mean, it was fine. Like, I think it was, you know, like I read it, it was, and it was fine reading it, but it didn't like really give me anything. I thought the characters were kind of shallow, very surface. Yeah. Yeah, it was just one of those books that was like, okay, so I read that. <laughs> Hello, Beautiful, I did enjoy a little bit more of you. I think it's just kind of like a mood book. I thought it was really compelling to be caught up in in the life, you know, William's life and with the sisters. I do think that it could have been, it was probably long in places, so probably was repetitive. Yeah. But overall, I enjoy it. I don't know that I remember a lot of, well, I do kind of remember quite a few details from that. And Tom Lake, I didn't read it all. Yeah. But I can see how you would come to that conclusion. Yeah. Because the two um, that I did read, it's just like, one I thought was better than the other. Like I really enjoyed Hello Beautiful more than I did Pineapple Street. Pineapple Street was really just meh to me. Mm -hmm. When it was so hyped. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting with books. I think that too, when you know cues to look for or whatever, she she wrote for some magazine. She's like connected. So I'm not surprised that that was hyped. Well, yeah, like, I think she works. Either she was an editor or she worked for one of the magazines or whatever. So sometimes you have these books that come out that people have written. And I just think, you know, they've just got so many friends. And of course, I don't think you're going to like shit talk your friend's book. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think she works in publishing. So. Right. And then yeah. from that, it gets all over the place or whatever. And then either you like it or not. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it was a terrible book, but it was definitely kind of like, okay. Yeah. And Napolitano, um, maybe she's just coasting a little bit. Well, I mean, I liked it better than her first book. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe you're just not a fan. <laughs> I think that may be the case. <laughs> what was her first book? Dear Edward. Oh, right. That's right. I didn't read that. Yeah. And I haven't wanted to watch the Apple show. Yeah. Uh, Did you watch that? No. Hmm. I think I spent enough time with Dear Edward. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, all right. So we will let everyone take a look at those exclamation point laden lists about all the books you have to read in 2024. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with our very location, like <laughs> low key, yes. you could read it. You can read it or not. <laughs> <laughs> what we're interested in looking at. I told Nicole, I found a podcast yesterday that I was listening to and it's like really similar to ours. It's two friends. And like at one point they were talking about some book and one's like, well, wait, who wrote that again? And I was like, Oh my God, this is totally our speed. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like they, they just were kind of laid back and like clearly hadn't done like that much prep. And I was like, yeah, this is our podcast. Mm -hmm. I know yeah. we get yelled at that about for that, but it's just, I know it's just not that kind of podcast. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm going to tell you the name of the podcast too. It was really good. It might've been more in our earlier years, but I think we've just moved on from that. We're just yeah, like, read what you want to read. Here's what we think. Right. Okay. Here's the, here's the podcast. TBR Lowdown. TBR Lowdown Ooh. is a book club and podcast dedicated to reading diversely. Two bookish friends who met on Bookstagram talk about what they're currently reading and what they want to read in the future. Like, yeah. Yeah. Love it. That's, yeah. They just, they sound like us. 
Well, that's what I want at this point in my life too, because like all the books that are just like, here are the 25 books you must read this year to be like a well-read and good person. I'm just like, oh, the Ajita. <laughs> right. Listen to what they say about their December 18th um, episode. In this episode, we discuss how our reading went for the year, our goals for 2024, and other bookish things. It was a lovely all-around bookish conversation. This yeah. just sounds like us. That was our last episode of the year. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Well, so if you like our show, try this one, TBR Lowdown. They're very good. All right. We'll be back. Hopefully my voice will be back as well. Yeah, and, we're both uh, a little bit under the weather right now. So, yeah. Well, we need, to, we need to work through this Capricorn energy and get to, what is it, Aquarius? Uh, yep. And it goes into Aquarius, which is kind of like all over the place too. It's interesting. Okay. Okay, well, until next time, happy reading. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at nicolebonia.com and me, Gail, at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. 